And the idea of humanity, the idea of experiencing what it is to be human and having this journey is we're like, wow, all these five senses, you know, give us certain experiences around what fear is. And then we get to this stage where we become a parent and we're like, okay, I'm either going to heal my stuff or I'm probably going to project it. And nothing is a catalyst like being a parent to healing. Welcome to Do It With Dan, entrepreneurial philanthropist, public speaker and author, creator of the Beyond Intention Paradigm. Here is your host, Daniel Mengena. Hello, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I just had a blooper that you're never going to hear because it's top secret, but one person did hear, and that person that did hear is the magical, the mystical, nay, the mythical, yummy. You'll be welcome to the show. I am so excited to be here, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Everyone's going to get to see how awesome you are at all the things here soon. Uh, But I just want to just give a little bit of edification, just a little bit of background edification. So you and I have never met in real life. And by the way, if you were in Micro to Millions, you know that her name is codename Will, but we're going to talk about that another time. All right. Um, and she trusted me when she kind of just watched a couple of things and we've been on this awesome ride where I've just got to watch her just go through this epic expansion that's just flowing and flowing, flowing and growing and growing and growing. And I'm just honored to know Yumi and to get to be a part of her journey and to watch the work that she's doing in the world. Aside from the fact that I've got to watch her grow in the capacity of me supporting her. I've also had the honor of being in the container of the work that she does, which we're gonna speak about today, which was a magical, magical experience. And I've used magical before, but still it's super duper magical. I'm gonna get into that today as well. So guys, I know you're not here to listen to me. You're here to come and meet Yumi. So I'm gonna gonna turn the mic over to Yumi and uh, allow her to introduce herself in her own words now that I've uh, gone off on one. Um, wow, I've never introduced myself before. This is the first time. But it's the first hi, everyone. Introduce yourself. Yeah, I guess it's always been. Yeah, it's interesting that like the the experience of introducing yourself, right? But if I was to introduce myself, yes, I would say that I'm here just to show people how to return back to love, mm-hmm. like from an energetic, physical, embodied experience. Mm. Um, you know, I believe that healing our model of love is what we're here to do mm-hmm. and expanding more into the understanding of like, what is love, like from an infinite spiritual experience, like infinite spiritual being having this human experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, love is like this four-letter word that means so many things to people. Mm-hmm. We say we want it, we say we need it, we say it's important, and I believe 99% of humanity has no idea what love is. (laughs) 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 Yeah, and so my my work here is to demystify, to share the energetics, to have a greater understanding of what is love, like what it is like to be able to embody the meaning of love. And I believe... 
be able to really, when we can embody that, we return to our wholeness. We remember why we're here. We come back to our truth and that's mm-hmm. where life gets really fun. Hmm. So we're identifying truth. We're aligning with the truth of what love we're identifying. We're identifying what love is. Is that for us or are we talking in general as a general idea? I believe it's for us. Mm-hmm. I believe it's a very individual and unique experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. So we're connecting with our own experience of what love is and then embodying it in a real way. Yeah. Because to be able to understand love, you've got to understand your own fears. You've got to understand. I love what Rumi says. Like a lot of my work is around what Rumi says, like this one quote, which is your task isn't to seek for love, but your task is to seek all the barriers that you have created between yourself and love. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. So love is our natural state, much like we talk about in our work um, as abundance as being our natural state. And I think Mm -hmm. there's a parallel between that. And I think for me, love is a, an overarching, all encompassing wholeness within which truth such as abundance exist. And when we speak about, not seeking love, but seeking the things that stand between it and and us as an experience, is that where healing comes in? Is that where growth and healing and... Please speak to that. Yeah, I love this. You know, I feel like unconsciously when we are doing the healing work, people think that they're trying to fix something, Right. Like when they like, I'm not healed yet. It's like, say, for example, you have a physical ailment. You're like, once I'm healed, then I'm whole. And so healing becomes, I need to get rid of this disease before I can love myself. Or I need to fix myself before I can be whole. For me, healing is being able to tap into a higher knowing, to be able to see whatever it is that we have from a higher level of mind and a higher level of heart to see the wholeness in that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, people talk about abundance. They're like, well, I can't love myself until I'm abundant. Mm-hmm. No, no. Even if they don't say it out loud, even if that's just a program running, right? That's right. It's all mm-hmm. unconscious. Mm-hmm. When you love yourself right now with nothing in your bank account, as much as when you love yourself when you have a million dollars in your bank account. Mm-hmm. That's wholeness. That's healing. Mm-hmm. The capacity mm-hmm. in which to meet yourself with such sincerity and love, such that. You're not judging yourself. You're not mm-hmm. condemning yourself. You're not criticizing yourself. You're not seeing yourself less than. Mm. That's true healing. Healing is being able to see and feel and know that you are whole, complete, and enough and worthy mm-hmm. to receive. So I want to I want to jump on that real quick because. I mean, I've always focused on empowering people are always since I've really dug in with this. I focused on using financial abundance as the means to see what this journey can can be, right? And then to re- to, to apply it. But 
how do you measure the efficacy then of that healing journey with something as intangible as a concept that people haven't really grasped, such as love? Like what's the, the means of empowering people to see, oh crap, there has actually been growth. There's been change. There's been something different here in a real way. Amazing. Are you ready? Yes. I love this. It's a very simple process and it is so yeah. practical. Yeah. You place your hand on your heart, you breathe mm-hmm. in and out, you center yourself and you ask yourself, on a scale of one to ten, how loved do I feel? Mm. Very simple question. Mm. How loved do I feel? How safe do I feel in my body? How much am I guided? Because that's all receivership. And you are whole when you are ready to receive. Mm. You are whole when you are ready to receive. Mm. You're whole when you're ready to receive. Mm. So this kind of comes back to the Danism that the environment doesn't lie, right? Absolutely. So Absolutely. If there's no love coming in, it means that you're not, you're blocked to receiving it because the love's there. It's our natural state. Yeah. Can I share with you a really great example? Do it. Yeah. And, you, and you've done my work so you understand how I use parenting as Mm -hmm. a way to look at well what's my relationship to love right Mm -hmm. so every 7.9 billion of us that entered Earthside as a child yeah when we entered Earthside we never questioned our worth Mm -hmm. no no child ever cries and says Oh, I'm unworthy of love right now. Every child's like, ask and you shall receive. I want mm-hmm. milk, I'm going to cry and I'm going to receive it. I want yep. cuddles, I know that, I'm going to scream that. that. I, like, I know that one. Right? Yep. <laughs> so every 7 point, I don't know if it's 9 billion people, but 7.9 billion people, but every one of us, when we've entered this realm, when we've entered this dimension into this physical space, we never questioned our wholeness. Mm-hmm. We never questioned receivership. We never questioned our worth based on our emotional experience. Mm. Our emotional experience was just our emotional experience. Like, yeah, I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm sad. Like, you know, mm-hmm. no child ever says, oh, I'm angry, therefore I'm unworthy. Mm-hmm. And this is a wrong emotion. Or no child says, oh, I don't deserve milk. Like, you know, like, <laughs> it's like, where my, where the titties at? I'm trying to get in them titties, okay? <laughs> and they're like asking and asking and asking. They're not, they're whole. Like all of us have that experience of wholeness. Mm-hmm. We've never questioned it from the age of zero to one. Never, ever questioned it. Mm-hmm. And the idea of humanity, the idea of experiencing what it is to be human and having this journey is we're like, wow, all these five senses, you know, give us certain experiences around what fear is. And then we get to this stage where we become a parent and we're like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm either going to heal my stuff mm-hmm. or I'm probably going to project it. Mm-hmm. And nothing is a catalyst like being a parent to healing. Mm. Mm. Nothing operates like being a parent. And this is where, you know, diving a bit deeper into the work you're doing, healing generational wounds 
being the end of whatever length of line has been happening for those barriers to love and then yeah. getting to witness what that transformation looks like both tuning into ourselves and then again checking the environment what's the the reflection because much to your point the world around us is reflecting what's going on inside of us so our relationship to love is going to be reflected in those immediate relationships where love is most deeply reflected such as with our children yeah you know a lot of people a lot of parents they say i wish i was more patient i wish i was more calm i wish i was more understanding well what's all of that patient calm and understanding love mm. but each time we're not that not not judging it not criticizing not condemning it we are in fear mm. you can't mm. give what you don't have mm. The reason why we're not patient, the reason why we're not understanding, the reason why we can't hold space for our children is because whatever trigger is being reflected back is something that we're condemning and judging within ourselves. Mm. And when we feel like we have to fix our child, that's a reflection of something we can't be with in ourselves. Mm. And so in healing, it really is going, well, my whole my child is whole, complete and perfect. Mm. And if I'm seeing, if I'm perceiving that there's something lacking over there, that's within me. Hmm. So it all really comes down to A, love, B, how deeply a relationship is embodied to the truth of love within ourselves. Yeah, that's so great. Like the capacity in which we can give and receive love all has to do with how we give and receive love to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I'm going to link this into abundance real mm. quick, financial, um, because the capacity that we're going to have to experience things that operate at that frequency of wholeness are going to be inhibited by that illusionary relationship to the lack of wholeness. Mm, I love that. Right. So mm-hmm. when we're out of tune with love, not out of love or unloved, we're out of tune with love, which is a inegoic mental delusionary, illusionary yeah. concept. Then loving experiences such as the natural abundance of the universe being reflected in our health and our relationships and our finances may well the probability is high that that's going to fall under that delusion illusionary delusional construct also as in lack i don't have i don't have enough and so can people expect in your experience and we're going to talk a bit more about your experience and the journey that we've been on together can people expect that when they step up and start looking at how to drop the illusion Mm. and to dive back into the truth of wholeness by healing generational wounds, by stepping into more love within ourselves, by letting go of the stories, that other things will fall into line too and be expressed in that higher whole way. Absolutely. You know, because our life isn't, like we try to segregate life so much, but life Mm -hmm. isn't that way. Mm. Everything's like interconnected. Mm. I love what you call it. You call it bleed theory. Mm-hmm. Like you yeah. do one thing in one area and it like flows onto other areas. Mm-hmm. 
And so, you know, I love the work that you do, Dan, because one of my generational wounds was in receivership around Mm -hmm. abundance. Mm -hmm. I had a story that I could be abundant doing things that I didn't love. Mm -hmm. And if I was to do something that I loved and was in my higher self and in my passion, that it would cost me. Mm my family, you know, my peace of mind, all of this stuff. And it, it, and I believe that I chose this path mm-hmm. you know, to, to be here in this time and space, to be able to go, well, how do I navigate this to give back to that mm-hmm. consciousness a greater understanding? Mm. And, well, we don't want to go down the rabbit hole because I know that we love going down the rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> consciousness. <laughs> But what it is is that the mind that creates the problem cannot be the same one that solves it. Mm-hmm. And so with doing your work around receivership, what I was able to dismantle was this story around that if I was to be abundant, I'll lose my family. Mm. That's what I knew. That's all I saw growing up, that mm. to make money means that you're putting your family last. To make money means that you're going to have a dysfunctional family. Hmm. and I had to break free from that, and that's where your work came in that was really, really powerful, and that was the generational wounding around abundance mm-hmm, that mm-hmm, I needed mm-hmm. to heal. Mm. I mean, I've seen not just over the couple of years, couple, actually it's a few years now, bloody hell, it's come up in four years. Wow, it's going to be four years this coming year. Over the four years, I've been blessed to get to serve, you know, serve people in this capacity, but then in the 18 years before that, that I've been on my own journey. It's just that very rarely is the, is it a complicated thing that's standing between you and what you want? Yeah, absolutely. It's the very complication simple. shows up as the stories that we tell. Yeah. Now I'm not saying it's easy. Often it's going to be very challenging, but as much as you said, we have to be in a different mind, which means letting go of, the known of who we are to step into something else. I've been experiencing that myself with some a couple of things recently, just going into new levels of growth too. But when you can identify that one or those one or two things, and then through that identification, commit so much to the new journey that you're on that you can let go of the one you're on now, that that's when quantum leaps show up. Absolutely. Mm. Can I say something about that? Can I add to that? This is your party (laughs) role. The hardest thing that we'll ever do on this human journey is to choose love. And each Mm -hmm. time you choose love, you're quantum leaping. Every Mm -hmm. choice that you make in love, you're quantum leaping. You're choosing a different reality. But it is Mm -hmm. the hardest thing you'll ever do, like Mm -hmm. the hardest. And when we're talking about healing generational wounds and healing generational patterns, what are we really doing? We're unlearning everything that we've learned about turning away from our heart. Mm. I believe that we're at this stage in the world where we have so much of our life is dominated by the mind. Now, the mind's brilliant, the mind is beautiful, the mind is amazing. But when it comes to our relationships, when it comes to our relationship with ourselves, when it comes to the relationship with our children, our family, our partners and spouses, the mind needs to be in the backseat, the passenger. Mm. 
and yet we try to logically love. Like <laughs> it never makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like we like love is about compassion, love is kindness, love is forgiveness, love is being fierce and bold. All of that cannot be understood by the mind. Mm-hmm. Love is the unknown, and every time the mind is in the driver's seat of our life, we're in the known, right? Because from a science, a neuroscience point of view, the mind's role is efficiency. Mm-hmm. It is about being us or being on autopilot to use less energy, mm-hmm. which means it wants repeated patterns. Now, the heart is all about the unknown. The heart is about stepping outside beyond your own limitations, so when we're talking about healing generational patterns, we're really talking about healing any inherited energy beliefs that we have about not trusting ourselves and our heart. Mm. Just like kick and reset. Absolutely. Mm. Mm. And then in the face of that reset, and I, I want to, use this as a beautiful segue, he says, it's a beautiful segue, a beautiful segue into the work you do on a more sort of a bit more specific level, but supporting people not only in that journey of dismantling, but also rebuilding and re- yeah. re- reimagining and then rebuilding what can be from that new place of wholeness. Maybe you can speak a little bit about that and some of the work that you, that you do around that. Yeah, it's so good. Um... You know, a lot of the times we want what we want because we think that's what's going to get us to wholeness. Mm-hmm. We avoid what we avoid. We crave what we crave because these are all unmet needs or inherited traumas that we've had. Mm. Even the values that we have can come from a traumatic place. Mm. And then as a parent, those values, we project that onto our children. Right. I, I, don't, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never heard of projection. <laughs> doesn't exist in my reality. No, it doesn't, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what I invite people to do is know how to meet their fears with love. Like I call this process meeting fear with love, right? Mm-hmm. And any belief system that we energetically hold in our body to be the truth of who we are that isn't from a place of trusting ourselves or loving ourselves, I invite people to meet that part without any judgment, without trying to run away from it, without trying to reject it, without criticising it, and just to meet it. Mm. Just like you would meet your two-year-old when they are having a really hard time. Mm just like when you're meeting your 16-year-old and maybe it's the first time they've been heartbroken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just like you would meet your 21-year-old and they didn't get that job interview and they think that they're completely broken and a failure. Mm-hmm. When we look at our children, our children aren't seeking from us to fix them. No one is seeking from someone else to fix them. Like if you think about it, right, the last thing that we want from our loved ones is can you fix me please because I'm broken. Mm-hmm. But what they're seeking from us is can you love me while I'm feeling broken and remind me who I really am. Hold space for me so that I can navigate this to return to my heart. Mm. 
And from that place, isn't that receivership? Mm. I'm skipping. We have this broken model. Oh, no, you go. No, 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 carry on, carry on, carry on. I feel like we have this broken model of love, that love is about giving. Hmm. Go into that a little bit. Yeah. Love is the capacity in which you can receive. The more I receive, the more I can give. So it's an inversion of the commonly held belief about. Because some people will say if you're not, if you're just taking. But so this is where judgment, labels and all the things come in because mm. the narcissistic taker. Oh, no, I'm not a narcissist. I'm loving. I'm receiving all of you, all of your energy, all of your life force. <laughs> <laughs> with no flying flugel rods given about you. So, but this is where boundaries come in, right? Yeah, so this is really great. The person that takes isn't in love. There's giving and taking and there's giving and receiving. So we need mm. to identify where we are at in our relationship to love. Love is giving and receiving. In fact, when I receive from you, mm-hmm. we're both expanding. Mm-hmm. Because the joy in which you give from me and I fully receive it free from judgment, free from like, you know, thinking that it's not enough or expectation, it expands you and I. Mm-hmm. But in giving and taking, we both contract. Mm. In giving and receiving, we both expand. So it's the point of it's the what's the what's the word? The negative point of the polarity not negative is in bad but the negative point of polarity the receiving the feminine aspect that's yeah. where that's where the love is which not to get too philosophical metaphysical right but when you look at the the, the polarity drive of reality love nurturing growth holding those are the feminine aspects mm. i'm going to geek out on that later I'm going to get on that later. I want to go to this receivership in your own journey because yeah. you mentioned that you've been hitting those wounds around receivership for yourself. And thank you again for the opportunity to serve you with that um, through that. But was there a particular thing that empowered you to step into that receivership to be in that space of true love? Absolutely. Are you ready? <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm going to try. <laughs> so, you know, for me, like, let's talk on a really practical three-dimensional level, right? Mm-hmm. I did everything that my parents told me to do. Yeah. Right? Go study, be studious, do this, do that, get your degree, all of that stuff. And I find myself at 28 being in a horrible marriage, no mm-hmm. idea how to make a relationship work, and mm-hmm. it was the one thing that I really wanted. Mm-hmm. And I gave, I gave so much, and I was like this victim going, oh, my gosh, <laughs> why doesn't he love me? And <laughs> But I knew how to make money, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I was, like, so confused, Dan. Mm-hmm. Like, I was like, what is going on? I was a leadership coach. I could, like... I could navigate higher performance teams, mm-hmm. but I could not, I could not for the life of me have a healthy relationship. Mm-hmm. I either went out with guys that would treat me really badly and I was addicted to that. Mm-hmm. Or when there were people that really wanted to love me, I'm like, oh, this is a bit boring. We don't have chemistry. 
<laughs> and I was like, mm-hmm. all of that was my inability to receive. Mm. My inability to feel safe in a loving relationship. Mm. And so I'm 29, done all this inner work, was like, you know, on paper I looked really good, but I had no idea how to be in a relationship. Mm. I was married at the time, right? So we got married at 27. By 28, yeah, by 28, 29, I was like getting divorced. Yeah. And... I love what we both share, which is like, well, we're the common denominator in all our experiences. We're the common denominator mm-hmm. in all our relationships. Now, I'm not saying that we created it or like we, you know, we manifested the abuse. I'm not saying that, right, because that, mm-hmm. that's going into a different level. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm saying is that why do we continuously choose to put ourselves in that position? Mm. That's what I was curious about. And so when I went through my divorce, it was almost like this download came to me like immediate download from the universe where it said, okay, I'm ready to receive. Mm-hmm. Because there is no greater joy than to give love and have someone receive it in its entirety, free from expectation, free from judgment. Mm-hmm. Like it's the receiver that's the hero, not the giver. Mm-hmm. That in fact to receive means that they are so vulnerable, so bare, so raw. And that's the hardest thing in a relationship to receive. Mm. Click, click, click. And so that's why I went on this journey because I'm like, well, everything I've inherited about love and relationships has been all about giving, sacrificing, obligation, mm-hmm. martyrdom. Mm-hmm. I'm like, that's not a healthy relationship. (laughs) (laughs) There is nothing healthy or nourishing about that. Mm. And it's actually really beautiful to experience that despair. Mm. Because like, you know, the law of polarity says, well, if that's one, like, I believe what, I love this quote from Osho. And I know Osha has his complications, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so we're, we're not, we're not <laughs> Osha whose opinions are his own. We're just, we're just using the quote. <laughs> no, we're using the quote. And like, so he says, and how I paraphrase it and my meaning of it is like to really ascertain and embody the greatest heights of love, one must be willing to meet their depth of despair. We're unable to understand the entire picture, to embody the wholeness without meeting those parts of us that we deem unworthy, unlovable, that we judge and criticise in ourselves. Mm. So leverage the shadow. Absolutely. Like meet Mm. the shadow. Mm. Meet those parts of us with, with love. Not condemn it, not judge it, mm-hmm. but just go, yeah, I really get that part of my humanity. Mm-hmm. And so I believe healing generational wounds is the journey of wholeness and accepting our humanity. Got you. Well, and the moment we, oh, no, you go. No, carry on. I was going to say the moment we accept our humanity, we invite our divinity. Mm. Step, step, step. Oh. <laughs> I just wanted to loop this again because we're coming to the end now. We're starting to wrap this up. I just want to loop this mm. back to first and foremost how people can get in contact with you and the kind of people who will 
be served. I mean, everyone should get your email blasts and check out your stuff on Facebook and whatnot. But for people that are like, I'm really, I'm really picking up what you're putting down, Mama. You know, mm. um, which people who would be best served to maybe look at diving in and, and working with you on it? Because I know you've got your pre-recorded programs, but for those that mm. want to be like oh crap, like I could really see this as being the guide who's going to support me on my journey. What sort of people are, are the ones that should be like, yeah, speak to me, speak to me. Okay, this is so good. So I work with people where they've done everything. Mm-hmm. They've done all the inner work. They've done all the transformational programs and I'm the last piece of the puzzle. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They've got all the awareness. Like the awareness is really high. They, can, they mm-hmm. know their patterns, but they're like, why do I feel like I'm in the same place? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what's missing is the embodiment and the integration part, mm-hmm. and it's not easy. Yeah. And so I hold a container and a space for people to meet these parts of themselves that they've judged to meet their fear with love. Mm-hmm. This isn't like a two-week, two-month kind of journey. This isn't a retreat journey. This is a six- to 12-month journey Mm-hmm. to really break free from the patterns that you hold energetically in your body mm-hmm. so you can release them and master mm-hmm. them. Well, you heard it, folks. You ready to put that last piece in the puzzle and get that love painting puzzle <laughs> picture thing done? It worked in my head and it didn't work here. Well, best place for people to get hold of you. Um, so if they go to www.yumiyuen.com, mm-hmm. then my website, subscribe to the email. Mm-hmm. Uh, I send out an epic newsletter every week. You do? Yeah. You caught um, me out with the, with the divorce word. I was like, what? What? What did I miss? <laughs> the one you did the other day. Like, what? What? What did I miss? <laughs> So said, yeah, no, it was just about that moment in time when I was yeah. going through my separation, you know. Yeah. Um, and they can also, can I give them a link to watch a really powerful 27-minute training where they don't even have to opt into anything around I'll tell you what we're going to do. This is what we're going to do. We're going to pop both links mm-hmm. in the show notes. Sign Amazing. Up. Yeah. Both awesome. links in the show notes. We'll do that. Well, you're going to come and ha- hang out with us again at some point in the future, maybe do something else cool? I'd love to. Amazing. Thank you. Guys, you heard it here first. Go check out Yumi's website. Go grab your free training and dive in. Continue to fall in love with her and the work that she's doing. Continue to fall in love with yourself and meet more and more of that fear with that fullness of love that you are embodying. Till next time, keep dreaming with your eyes open. Remember, you can consciously choose a more abundant, joyful, purpose-driven life full of love. Bye for now. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Do It With Dan with your host, Daniel McGenna. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit dmpotv.com. We'll catch you on the next episode of Do It With Dan.